So since the beginning of this movement, we've always prayed for the end of 30 generation. And a lot of the leaders, worship leaders, and people that have emerged out of this movement have been under 30. In our house of prayer, we actually have a few people going to university. And, and we thought we wanted to have a conversation about what it's like to be a student in post-secondary education and still, you know, be really involved in the prayer movement. What are the challenges there? What are some of the things that we can pray for? How do we get, we just want to get into the mind of a post-secondary student that is also giving themselves to the prayer movement. This is the Burning Rooms Podcast. Welcome to the Burning Rooms podcast, a bi-weekly co- podcast <laughs> where we fish. Where- <laughs> Welcome to the Burning Rooms podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we connect you to the prayer movement, where we have the conversations, share the stories to strengthen your corporate and your personal prayer life. My name is Johan. I'm Jehu. And today we are joined by... Jaden. Who's kind of a co-host, but also kind of a guest He's today. filling in for Brian. Hello. And we also, you know what, Shiro is supposed to leave, but she wanted to stick around because she likes us so much. So, so we're s- welcome back, Shiro. You're revealing the secret that they were all recorded together. Oh, no, they know that. We record them all together because... The whole second season was just one day. It was just one long day. That's not true, but it's great to have you on here again, Shiro. And Jehu, he dragged his poor wife from the upstairs to our little studio here to be on our podcast because she is a post-secondary student. Welcome, Melissa. Hello. I figured you were studying enough. We should talk about studying yeah, instead you of study. Take a, yeah, talk about, stu- talk about Jesus in the midst of your studies. Mm-hmm. You got any tests coming up or anything big that you're working on? A couple case studies in a group setting, so... While we have you talking, so what are you taking in post-secondary education right now? I'm taking nursing right now. What year are you? My fourth year, so I'm almost done. Almost done. That's so exciting. You'll be able to nurse people. (laughs) Is that a thing? I think it's usually provide nursing care, but I mean, it could be nurse. What what is it? Like if you take my blood, are you nursing me? Is that, no? It is nursing care. Okay. (laughs) I don't know much about the health care you know, so you're educating me. I'm a smarter man already. So, <laughs> And Shira, you're currently not a student, but it sounded like in the previous episodes you went to school. You said you got a master's? Uh, yeah, I did a lot of Bible school. I think six years of Bible school in total. So you understand the life of a student? Yeah. And uh, Jaden, how about yourself? I'm currently <laughs> in my fourth year of studying electrical engineering. Is that your last year? No, I still have one year after that. It's a five-year program. Yeah. What wow. happens after five years? After five years, I graduate, but I do have the option to continue to do a master's for another two years. So kind of in the middle of it right now. So you could just be in school for total of seven years? Wow. Impressive. So we're talking about student life as an intercessor in the prayer movement. Now, you guys, when you were going in school, and you still are, some of you are still in school right now. But you're still giving yourselves to this prayer room quite a bit. Melissa, you sing on multiple worship teams every mm-hmm. week. And Jaden, you're up there praying 
and you're doing slides and you're helping out wherever wherever you can help out. You're at the marketplace prayer meetings on Wednesdays, even though I used to give you rides and I said I can't give you rides anymore and you're still showing up. So that's, now that's amazing. I, now I give them rides. Oh, you're giving rides. Okay. <laughs> she did that last year. No. <laughs> no, it's great. You guys give a lot of time to both these things. How do you find your schedules and giving yourself to the many hours in the prayer room and to school? I think one thing that's been really helpful to have in mind in balancing both of these schedules is that the Lord understands the seasons that we're in. So when I have midterms coming up or if there's different projects and I'm not able to make it to a marketplace per meeting or make it to shop on Sunday, the Lord's not like angry with me. And there's not like this, uh, this set standard that, oh, if you're not putting in this many hours, then well, are you really like committed to the house of prayer? I think having the mindset and the understanding that he knows what season I'm in has been really valuable. So for me, it's like my heart is in the prayer movement. And I give it the time that I have. And when I don't have that time, I'm not beating myself up about it. That's good. Melissa, how have you handled the? Yeah, that's pretty much uh, the same for me as well. And every semester is different. So I've had some where I didn't come for Sunday after Sunday because I was just so, so much work to do. But right now I'm have a little bit more time so I'm taking it and enjoying what I can and just leaning into the Lord throughout the rest of the week really helps as well when I miss those prayer meetings on Sunday and Monday. So do you find even with a busy schedule when you miss those prayer meetings like do you miss it? Do you oh wish you I could... miss it so much. <laughs> it's what, hard. What is it about the meeting that you miss? Uh, Well like I don't know. I feel like after a couple of weeks, if you keep missing them, suddenly you just feel a little bit, I don't know, dry, dull, a little grumpy inside. You're like, man, I miss. It's like you miss the Lord. You miss his presence, even though he's with me all the time. It's just that corporate setting that really adds something to 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 my life. What has your experience been, Jaden? Yeah, I remember my third year of university in the fall, I had a ton of courses I was taking and it was probably my hardest semester I've had to take so far. And it was the same story like you, Melissa, where Sunday after Sunday, I wasn't able to come. And it was this part where I almost felt a little bit distant from the Lord. I wasn't, it wasn't that I was actually distant from him, but just not being able to come on the Sundays was difficult. And I remember, uh, I think during the reading week on a Monday, I was able to come and I just was able to sit in his presence and just hear his voice so clearly. And I found that just to be I found it to be so refreshing in the perm to be able to come to that place and actually feel his presence and hear what it is he has to say about me has been really good. So it sounds like the prayer room has actually helped you both with your school studies just to have the, you know, the... It's like a safe harbor, yeah, right? It's like it's, a safe place being before the Lord where you re-energizes you almost, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Gives a lot of strength. Shara, were you in the house of prayer during your time in school? Uh, yeah, I feel like mine was, well, I did Bible school, so I was studying the word, but I also found that it got quite dry or I lost motivation to like the heart of the reason why I was doing it. If I disconnected from community or the prayer room, but my undergrad, I was much more natural. I did a part-time undergrad. And so that actually gave me a lot of wiggle room to engage with church and the house of prayer and really have it all. But then when I went to my master's, I actually moved cities. It was a different prayer community. And I actually no longer had the same church community that held me. And so actually going to 
go hop or their house of prayer and being present for their community stuff actually was one of the few things that actually grounded me and gave me a place where I was known because I had actually moved away from home and away from the community that actually knew me so well and without knowing it had held me in ways that I didn't realize. And so my master's was actually quite a difficult season, but it was the house of prayer that really was the bright spot. It's almost occurring to me that, man, having a community around you during school is so important, which is why probably so many students give themselves to partying and doing other things, finding different communities that aren't so life-giving. Being on the opposite end of that, where you're just where you're in the church, you're, you're trying to give yourself to a lifestyle before the Lord that's pleasing to Him, you need to surround yourself with a community that's going to support you to do that. So you've mentioned that the prayer room has helped you strengthen your studies and strengthen you while you've been going to school. It's been that real grounding place for you. Has it worked the other way? Have there been things in your studies that have affected your prayer room or your praying expression? Has there been cross-pollination there? Well, I found for myself in engineering as I'm studying lots of math and physics and science and seeing how God has made everything, I found that that has actually given me a lot of fuel in my times for prayer to really say, like, God, you are amazing. And these are the things that you have made, and not just to stop there and say that he made everything, but actually in my studies looking at, oh, you made the stars, and you made gravity work this way, and you made physics work this way, and you actually made light as complicated as it actually is. I love you for that. Thank you so much that you, when you said, let there be light, that there's such a mystery in it, and we still don't understand how it all works. So I found in my studies, it's given me more fuel and more language into like peering into the mystery of God's creation. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I have a little bit similar. We focus a lot on the human body and just how it all works. And, you know, you have little tiny cells and things moving across the cell membrane all the time. So just learning had to go deep into all that stuff. And again, coming out being like, God, you are so amazing. How did you make the human body like this? And like that I don't even have to think about my body, like, I don't tell my cells to do this. It just happens. And, you know, you go around life and just the faithfulness of God and how he set up your body. Yeah, it really helps me to just recognize how good he is and how beautiful he's made uh, his creation. Yeah, I was having a bit of a discussion with my oldest son the other day. He's in grade eight, not really enjoying school so much. I mean, he's not in university or anything, but, you know, he's like, why do I care about social studies and science? And these sort of things, if I just want to be in the house of prayer before the Lord, like he's starting to feel called to that that lifestyle. And kind of like what you guys are saying, it almost validates your ministry before the Lord a little bit more because because you hear the science and you hear the things behind that. And I talk about Jehu teaching a Bible class. It's so much more effective and so much more powerful that he has a scientific, logical mind that he can learn all that knowledge and still really go hard after the house of prayer and the things of, of God because he knows all those things and he's got a stronger argument now for both sides. He's heard them both and yet he's still pursuing the Lord. If you can go hard after God with that still still in the back of your head, that makes it all the more powerful, I think, than if you just gave it all up and just went for ministry. Well, I think you're kind of alluding to something that we just really want to give some airtime to that school and in particular university, it's a very secular institution. Uh, initially, many, many higher places of learning were founded on Christian principles, but in the last sort of 100, 150 years, they've really become institutions of secular thought. And so 
that brings with it its own challenges when you go to those institutions and you and you learn in those ways. And so I was just wondering if people wanted to just briefly how has that affected your your time at university? Do you notice those kinds of influences of sort of secularism in your in your university? Is it is it challenging? Do you find it like how is it for you? Yeah, I could answer that. Uh starting in my first year, I had a quite a few uh like biology courses to take and of course had to, you know, run into different topics that uh the universities, you know, put in their in their subjects and promote and just having to wrestle through all of that and still hold my heart in front of my friends in like a good way so that, you know, I had one experience where we learned all about evolution one day and then the girl next to me who knew I was a Christian was like, wow, you're going to be a good nurse. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she said, she just taught you all about evolution and you're just sitting there calmly like you're it's not affecting you. And just, I didn't feel like in that moment, it was the right time and the right place to stand up and be like, I think you're wrong, you know, like make a big scene out of everything. And so just, yeah, carrying my heart in the right place with those around me who are watching and who know that I'm a Christian. Um, But then also facing really big things that are kind of, you know, I struggle with and that do affect me and my thoughts and, And throughout the whole um, four years, actually, I've run into it. And it's not necessarily like a big, strong, you know, they're not constantly lecturing about things, but it's it's the heart behind university just kind of wears on you a little bit after a while. And so that's definitely where prayer and community and the word really hold an important place in my life, just because got to, you know, get the word in me and remind myself of all that. Would you say it's less of a specific like thing they're telling you or a specific topic and more just sort of the air you breathe on campus? Yeah, it definitely is. Like it's not that you're coming against a specific argument or you want to stand up in class and say, hey, I disagree with you on this specific point. It's more just after a year and two years, you just don't feel something just feels not right. Yeah, definitely. And I think like throughout the years, it's increased you know, I can feel it because I'm there longer, right? And starts to affect me more. And just the importance of taking the word and standing on the word and just being like, no, the glory of God is displayed in the heavens. And that's the truth. And just holding on to the word of God when I feel lies come at me in my mind, um, just from being there, if that makes sense. Are there other experiences like that around the table? I think in engineering, it's been a little bit more neutral just because the topics that we study are like math and science and a lot of it is equations and formulas. So we don't have to wrestle maybe with the whole idea of evolution and biology and how humans came into existence. One of the things that I found a little bit difficult though is seeing how a lot of people want to go and make a name for themselves and a real passion and in the in the engineering field, in the science world to say, I'm going to go do this and this and I'm going to make this way and I'm going to make this happen and you know network here and do this thing there. And a lot of it almost feels a bit, it's just missing God and that their purpose and whether what's driving them is to become, you know, rich and famous and to do something for themselves. Would you say you're affected by that? Do you, do you start to think like, oh, maybe I'll discover something great. Maybe, maybe that's my calling in life is to, to have a, a formula named after me. Yeah, I think so. I think there is like the pressure to be big and famous, to do something important, to not have, you know, quote unquote, like your talent wasted to do something with that. 
but it almost comes with like this unhealthy pressure that if you don't or if you aren't at the top of the top or if you're not doing the cutting edge research, then what you're doing isn't valuable. I mean, the, the whole idea of you doing something great and having something named after you, I think that's totally, that's something that the Lord can release you into. I, I think people that are saved and, and call Jesus their Lord should be the ones on the edge of these, these great discoveries and, and things. But when that becomes the sole purpose, it, it's just empty, right? If it's not for the glory of the Lord, if, if it's not Jesus working through you, it, it just becomes empty. And there's no testimony behind that. And Right. And at the end of the day, if you don't end up getting to that one thing, it's almost like you discount everything along the way. That's what defines your success is right. if you get the name, but you're not defined by if you get something named after you or your success. Your success is is defined on, on how Jesus sees you. And when you look at that, you just get to run hard and, and enjoy the whole process. And if you get something cool named after you or invent something really amazing, that's that's even awesome. For sure. Did you have anything to add to that, Shara? Um, well, I guess because I was doing Bible school, I feel like the content for me was really life-giving. I would say the thing that I came up against was the structures more so. Like in my undergrad, there was more community around. It's, I don't know. You just rub shoulders with students more often in an undergrad. And that, for me, uh, just led to good conversations that fueled my papers, that fueled that where I was going. But as I got further along in school, like my master's, it was a lot more independent. And for my personality, that just didn't uh, jive with, I think, how God's crafted me to work and thrive. That doesn't mean I can't push through and learn to lean into that. But I think a lot of people struggling in school, actually, some of that struggle is because they know what they want to do, but they actually don't fit the education system either. Like the way that the education system teaches is really hard. And so how do you wrestle through that? And I don't necessarily have answers or even like in some of my classes, we were talking about what does like, how is God reinventing or like, where is new church stuff looking? And there are some really great ideas, but the way that that's given is in the, still the old traditional ways and some of that hands-on learning or experience. Anyway, so it depends what field you're looking into. Mine was because Bible school is very research oriented. So then you could get very heady instead of experience and anyways, but the system just, that's what I felt like it was hard to find for me. Community and connection is really important to help fuel my own creativity and my own learning. And that was something that I struggled to find in my master's. I think one of the things that's hard with school is they really take your whole schedule captive, whether it's specific time you have to show up for class or whether it's the fact that, hey, this is when your practicum is. Hey, this is when your test is. Like, I remember being in my undergrad and we had a test on a Thursday from six to nine in the evening. And I was like, that's not even when our class is. How are you possibly allowed to schedule this? Like, what if I was doing something Thursday evening? What if I had a thing I was going to? I had plans. It's like, well, too bad. You have to make new plans because this is where you have to be at this time. And that wasn't in the original outline. It wasn't in like the, when you look at the, the course, you're like, oh, it was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know? And so this idea that they have first call priority on your schedule uh, I know for you, Melissa, it's the idea of, oh, now Saturday, you have to be at the hospital doing your practicum. I know school's Monday to Friday, but Saturday, you you have to give us your Saturday. There's there's no discussion there. I think that can be challenging, that rigid structure of school um, where you have to make it your number one scheduling priority and then how everything else sort of flows around it can be can be really challenging. 
So all four of you presented completely different challenges that you face as students. I'm sure there's many more challenges. If we had another student on here, I'm sure they would present us with a fifth different challenge that they have. And chances are, if you're in a praying community, if you're a leader of a praying community, you probably have some university students in your community. And these are really formative years, very important years. The people and the information they surround themselves with, they help mold who you're going to be. So with these challenges you guys presented, what are some of the ways that those around you in a house of prayer can support you? How can we pray for you specifically? These are probably important things for leaders and even people around to understand and and be able to support you in. Um, I would say if you have people in your community, especially ones who have moved away from home, creating space for connection and for them to just be like, so for me, when I moved to Hamilton, I was a part of the Greater Ontario House of Prayer, and they had a Tuesday dinner that happened every Tuesday. So while I was floundering trying to find what church I was going to, I had a consistent place that I could go every week. And it still took a while for me to be at a place where I trusted enough to share the deep, vulnerable things. But at the same time, it was, regardless of whether I was sharing those things, that place gave me something and held me in a way that I needed that to go and dive into my studies in a, in a way. And I needed a community that would know me. So like some people, like some people still are living at home and they have their parents who can help them do the schedules and not that you need someone outside of you to do the schedules, but just having people who can be with you or that you have places that you can go like the prayer room, like just creating that welcoming space where they can just be at rest and not have to do anything, but just be at rest. Like if they're ready to do stuff, they can, but not have a place that they have to strive because the school system is quite striving. And no one should judge a student for studying in the prayer room, correct? <laughs> <laughs> so I tried true. that. Every time I got to, I bring my books to the prayer room, God would hijack my prayer time. Okay. Others have the same similar experience? Is it hard to study in the prayer room? I found a couple times when I'm needing to read through textbooks, like it's just really peaceful to have worship and prayer going on. Not as just like background noise, but just being in that presence and it, I found it much easier to like read it and not be overwhelmed by the amount of information and not being stressed out, but there's just a lot of peace in the prayer room and reading a textbook. I mean, getting back to our question, sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but uh, do you guys have any other ways that we can, we around you guys as students can support you or specific ways we can pray for you? I think prayer wise, I'm always asking for help and for strength because I feel like Sometimes throughout the semester, I feel like I'm just lacking in strength to keep going. You know, every week is a busy week. And yeah, just those prayers for help, strength, and also being able to come to a place where people talk to you, ask you about how your school is doing. You know, they show that they're supportive in what you're doing and that they're not like, you should be here more often. <laughs> They're always like, oh, happy to see you. How was your test? And like, you know, just being friends when, you know, you're kind of in a season where you don't have much time for friends. So that community, that church family is really important just to have those connections with people because that can be some of the only connections that you have within a week. Good. Mm -hmm. And I think and I think it's really valuable to have something like, at Sanctuary House of Prayer, we, where we have the Marketplace Prayer Meeting, it actually says in the email for those who are in the workplace or going to university, like we even put that in there. Mm. 
And I end up feeling really validated by that because I think I'm not working a job right now. I don't have a career. I don't have like the 40 hour week. In fact, it sometimes is much more difficult. But, you know, these people are praying that God would be glorified in me for strength for me. You know, when I come on Wednesdays, having the different men in the room, you know, lay their hands on me and pray for me for strength and for grace has been really helpful. And one of the things that I think has really been on my heart is that I would love God in the midst of it. And not just to say, okay, I'm in this time and after once my university time is done, then I can do something. But in the midst of it and in the delay and during the process to have my heart grow in love for God. I just recall you had a story this week about when we when we prayed for you at the marketplace prayer meeting, you had a test this week. Yeah, so uh, yeah, just last week uh, we had the marketplace prayer meeting on Wednesday morning from 6.30 to 7.30 and it was a really busy day for me. I think I had four different classes and I was going to have a lab and after that I had a midterm and this was one I was pretty stressed out about. It was this course I was having difficulty with. Yeah, and then when you guys laid your hands on me and prayed for that I would remember all the material that I had studied, that I would have peace and be able to remember those things. Uh, that evening when I wrote the midterm, I looked at the questions and it was all just crystal clear. Like I completely understood what was going on and I saw it and I just knew the way of how to solve the problem. And I it was a two-hour midterm and I was mostly done in almost like 30 minutes. It was it was like so much easier than I thought it was going to be. I was like, wow, like this is just so clear and I was able to like even enjoy it. And that was just so encouraging for me because it, it was sort of like looming over me. It was this big thing that's coming up, you know, it's worth 30% of my grade and it's sort of just like the stressor until it's done, it was difficult to deal with. But having the prayer and having you guys gather around me and stand with me in that, it was incredible. Um, I would say just even thinking, I think at universities, there can be this um, spirit of uh, perfectionism and striving. And so I think a lot of students can feel that pressure on their assignments and then that pressure of perfection leads them to procrastination, which leads them to whatever distraction they choose. And so praying and targeting that spirit of perfectionism and uh, like actually praying for a spirit of creativity and for just a release of uh, people feeling at home and who God has created them to be, I think actually releases that creativity and that that peace that actually leads to more retention. And so that would be my prayer request for, for university students is for that creativity and that uh, feeling at home and who they are. Good. I've always been a fan of celebrating things for students. I remember when I graduated and we celebrated at shop, um, it was like, you know, the people who are graduating, like they get to come up and we celebrated and prayed for them. And that was just really cool. Really fun to, to recognize that, you know, you have baby dedications or, you know, you celebrate weddings. Why can't you celebrate graduations? And that was just so cool that we do that in our house of prayer. And so I know for the two of you, it's something to look forward to when you graduate. Yeah, you're, oh, yeah. We're going to celebrate it. And I think it's a, it's a simple thing, but it sometimes can be overlooked in the, in the structure and the back and forth of what you do in a regular church or in a regular kind of prayer expression. So bouncing off the perfectionist uh, spirit kind of idea that Shira was talking about, I had an interesting experience in around my first or second year where I was feeling so much pressure and stress in school. The schedule is pretty intense. So, and lots of assignments were coming up and I felt like I needed to get like all really good grades. And there was like no room in my mind to not get 
um, like lesser than, and it was creating like intense stress on me. And I had an encounter with the Lord where I felt like he spoke to me. He's called me to this profession, this job, um, this place where he has me. And school is just a tool for me to get there. I'm not here to get absolutely every A plus I can and master school. I'm here to use school as a tool to accomplish God's plans in my life. And so that really helped change my perspective in perfectionism and lifted off um, some of the burden that I felt and just knowing that I'm not here to 100% school, but I'm here and I'm going to do what I can. And school is just an opportunity and the tools that the Lord is using for me to become um, the nurse that he's made me to be. Well, I would just say like to just even respond to that is that, I mean, we're talking a lot about the challenges and the hard parts of school. And again, that frame of mind that it's all circumstances that we walk through in life are to have an opportunity or create an opportunity for us to learn more about God's heart. Even that revelation or that frame of mind of when you get distracted from that and being like, okay, like for me, when I was in my degree and I was feeling like I had hit that procrastination wall, like I couldn't make myself go forward, but I didn't have people to lean into in that space. I felt like God said, you're enough. And that was a season where I felt like I had nothing. And then the voice mm -hmm. was God speaking me that like, that was okay. I ended up doing well, but if I hadn't, it would be okay. And when we feel like the world isn't running, whether we are in school or not functioning according to what God's kingdom is, there's still like us leaning into God's heart and walking with integrity in the midst of that and just saying, okay, like I'm choosing to not let that break my spirit or break, like be the worldview that I'm living from. And you guys are also called to be light to the dark places in the school. If there were no Christ followers, little little Christ walking around, then it would be a very dark place. So, like, even though you struggle and you have your you, you have your challenges, you're also beams of light for others. And I'd hate to see what the atmosphere of your schools would look like if you weren't there. So, given you guys' experiences and challenges that you shared, do you feel a lifestyle of prayer is conducive to being a full time student? If you're a full time student, can you be in the house of prayer, spend many hours? Yes, because the studies make you pray like they like you. Yeah, you're like you come to the end of yourself. And that's the place I think we need to be to really get to know God and surrender to God and really be open to receiving him and his strength, not by our might or power, but by his spirit. And I've, I feel like the studies brought me to the end of myself. Although I hated that season a lot, I would not replace it. I would not replace it a lot for anything. What comes to mind is when Jesus says that we're supposed to love God with all of our mind. So with all of our thoughts and the things that we know and that we understand and the things that we're studying, we're supposed to, he commands us to take that and love God with that. So what I find in my studies is that I'm trying to take what I know and have that be the fuel for love for God and in worship and in praise. So I find living a lifestyle of prayer where I'm talking with God and I'm looking to see more of him and desiring to know him more and to love him more, that's so conducive to studying because then when I'm studying is I'm learning and understanding more things and then that's fueling my love for God. And then I, when I love him more and 
know who I am in him and that identity and not having to strive or have that perfectionism, it's so much easier than to study and to research things and to look into it and to solve those problems because I know that my worth isn't defined there. And it's just like this back and forth relationship that I find has been, it's been a journey and a struggle to get there. And there's times when I'm not in there for the times when I am in the study mode and in prayer together at the same time. Those are real treasure moments. So that should be an encouragement to all you students out there who also want to be in a praying community. You can do it and it's probably actually helpful for you to be in that type of community to surround yourself with prayerful people that are going to pray for you and and support you in a place where you can just sit before the Lord and get refueled. So as we come near to the end of this episode, it's time for another... Wait, what does that mean? So today's word fits well with what we've been talking about. The word or the phrase is under 30. Under 30. So under 30, if I was walking into a house of prayer, usually if you're not at IHOP, you're usually at a smaller house of prayer, like Sanctuary House of Prayer, because they got so many hours you spread out, uh, the people tend to get a little thin. Uh, So when they start praying for under 30, I know houses per like it small because, you know, they like that audience of one dynamic, nice and small. They like to say that. So when you get to that 30 mark, 30 people in your prayer room, it's a little big, but anything under that is great. So they like to pray for <laughs> under 30. They don't want more than 30. They, so they, they just keep praying for that under 30. That way they can have a prayer room that feels fairly full and yet, you know, not too full. I actually thought you were going to talk about the temperature. Like, you know, we really pray when it's under 30. Like when it's so cold outside, it's 30 below. Pray for higher temperatures. Or we only pray for places that are cold. Like our prayers are specifically for the cold places. So we'd be praying for ourselves (laughs) in the winter. We love that. So, Jaden, what does it mean to actually pray for the under 30? I think the whole thing with under 30 is it's the under 30 generation. So these are the young people that God has asked us to pray for in the city, that they would walk in their destiny and identity in God, and that they would get saved and caught up in the prayer movement and relationship with God. So we're praying for a specific age group of people, those who are under 30 years old, not for less than 30 people in the prayer room. That's beautiful. And maybe we'll have to have a podcast on why we don't pray for the over 30. Or we maybe we do, we just, that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> anyway, this is, we're right. It is actually one of those touchy topics, though, because, you know, there's people in the room who are getting up there, and once you're no longer under 30, you can, you feel a little bit left out. I'm I'm almost going to age out of that prayer well, meeting. Well, because I started this prayer meeting when I was in my, you know, I was in my 20s, so I'm like, yeah, we're praying for my generation, and years go by. And you're still praying for the end of 30. And I hit, you know, that 30 mark. And I you know now I'm getting up there closer to 40 now. And man, yeah, that is a touchy subject. We need prayer for the over 30 generation. Uh, yeah, another episode. We'll talk about that. Anyway, this has been another Burning Rooms podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you want, if you want to get more information on us, visit our website at burningrooms.ca and get a hold of us. We want to hear from you. And yeah. Until next time, my name is Johan. I'm Jehu. I'm Jaden. I'm Shira. Melissa. And this has been the Burning Burning Rooms Podcast. Podcast.